must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, I am joined by Junior Maddie Welsh. You may recognize us both on the air because we actually co-host another show, The Collegian Week in Review. But today, she is joining me on my show, Great Men Back Then, to talk about her great-grandfather, who was a Secret Service agent for a couple presidents of the United States. So thank you so much for joining us today, Maddie. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be on here and talk about this awesome person in my family history. All right. So I understand your great-grandfather's name was James Patrick Welch. So why don't you just begin telling us about him and his life? Yeah. So the thing about this guy is that a lot of times the reality sort of becomes myth. So there's a lot of myth and legend surrounding this man. Um, Lots of family stories. Um, But, you know, there are actual historical documents that some people in the family have compiled as well as like firsthand accounts from him about what he did. So he was absolutely remarkable. He was born in 1904 in Summit Hill, Pennsylvania. um, And then he died December 29th, 1979 in Maryland. Um, So Summit Hill, Pennsylvania was a very small mining community. It was largely made up of like a poor Irish Catholic population. Um, I believe that my great grandfather was only a second generation American. Um, It was either his father or his grandfather who had been born and died in Ireland. Um, So very new to the United States, this family, um, and this, and the community they lived in was very similar. You look at the census records from that time, you know, the ones that he's on as a child. Um, and the census has questions like, does this person speak English? Um, and it was a very poor community as well. The census records have questions like, can this person read? Can this person write? A lot of the people on the same census as him, the answer is no. Um, he was, you know, he could read and write, but he did not receive a lot of formal education. Um, and so the most remarkable thing about him, obviously he was a Secret Service agent. He was uh, he served with FDR, Truman, and Eisenhower. Um, so he was in that for a very long time. But even before that, he had a very remarkable life, um, even as a young child. So tell me a little bit about his childhood. I'm sure that was kind of unique for him coming from an immigrant family and especially considering the community that he was raised in. So tell me a little bit how that was like for him. Yeah. So this small, poor community, um, they were miners, you know, they're in Pennsylvania, they're in the Appalachian mountains um, and they were mining coal. Um, So when my great grandfather turned 12, the first day he was 12, this is where, you know, there might be some myth thrown in here, but largely this is true, um, which we can tell because of, the consequences of this action. But the day he turned 12, he was put in the coal mines uh, to work. Um, And after that one day, he was like, this is not for me. And what he did is he ran away. They were in Pennsylvania. He got all the way to Florida. He was just sort of hopping on trains and, you know, being a stowaway on these 
like freight trains got all the way to florida i don't know what he did this is this is somewhere where you know the legends do not really fill out the whole story um but the story goes that my you know his father followed him down there found him dragged him all the way home i'm sure there was a lot of you know beration and such um but he never made him go back in the mines so that day that he went in there for one day and left he broke a generational cycle um before him you know every uh, every one of his ancestors that had been in america were coal miners in these like small poor communities um and you know his ancestors in ireland were not particularly well to do either so that day he broke that cycle and it has had, you know, just personally huge impact on our family. My grandfather has a PhD in geophysics. Like the, the jump from poor coal miner, very little education, he breaks that cycle. And then my grandfather is like, has a terminal degree. That's just remarkable. And I think that's one of the most special things about this man. And I think it speaks to this era of history, the people at that time, they were doing things like this. You know, Americans at this time, they were working hard to change things for future generations. I never met my great grandfather, so he wouldn't know that, you know, what he did, it's impacted me too. The life that I've lived is so vastly different from the life that he lived and from the life that I might've lived if he hadn't done that. So it's really remarkable. And I think it's, it's, sort of indicative of a larger thing going on in American history at that time. The American dream. Yeah. It, I also find that it's interesting that he went from Pennsylvania to Florida and Florida is now the state that you live in. This is true. Yeah. It was sort of incidentally, I'm not even a native Floridian, but yeah, sort of coming full circle there. So after he ran away and then was dragged back to Pennsylvania and was never forced to go back to the coal mines, what was next for him? Yeah. So after that, um, you know, I'm not really sure what he did in his teen years, but when he became an adult, he started working as a police officer. Um, he just worked locally in their community, but then he rose in the ranks. I, I think he was part of the state police force in Pennsylvania. Uh, once actually my family was traveling through Pennsylvania and there is a road called Welsh road, which we believe is named after him. Um, it, you know, it's like a really minor road, but it just shows that in his work as, as a police officer, he made an impact on the community. Um, there are a lot of myths surrounding this period of his life. Apparently he was, um, he like rode a motorcycle as his, like as a police officer rode on a motorcycle. So that's pretty cool. Um, the other myth here that I love, and I think it's fascinating. This was during prohibition. And the story goes that he would bare knuckle fight on the docks to earn money to buy liquor. So, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of hilarious. Uh, you know, he was a police officer probably enforcing these rules, but also actively breaking them in like a highly legal way. So what a proud heritage to come from. I know. Absolutely. That's the Irish Catholic, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's that's an awesome story. I don't know the full truth of it, if that's if that's a myth or if it's truth, but it's cool and fun anyway. So after he served as a police officer in Pennsylvania, uh, he ended up in DC and he became a secret service agent. The first president that he served in this way um, was FDR, Franklin D. Roosevelt. 
Um, and they had a really interesting relationship at the time there, the, the secret service agency was not the same as it is today. You know, today it's huge. Um, it's very organized at that time. It was a lot smaller. It was not like more casual, but you know, not just, not as like sort of regimented and, uh, and, and stuff like that. So he was very close with FDR. Um, there is a photo floating around in my family somewhere of it's a picture of FDR just like on some parade or something. And you can see my great grandfather just like chilling in the back doing what secret service agents do. Um, and on the back FDR wrote him a note and he said something like you looking good here, Jim or something. Cause they called him Jim. Um, so they were friends, you know, um, my family members tell a story of, um, an interaction that he had with FDR at one point, love him or hate him. FDR did a lot. In fact, that's why so many people hate him is because he did too much. Um, but that's my opinion. My great grandfather was dear friends with him. Uh, and so FDR was a busy man dealing with a lot. And there's a story that one time, um, FDR went to my great grandfather and he was like, Jim, I just need five minutes. And, you know, the thing is with the presidents, they're always doing stuff. They're always go, go, go on the run, you know, expected to be places. Uh, but he trusted my grandfather enough to be like, I'm going to sit in this room for five minutes. You need to stand outside the door and I need to just like close my eyes right now. So it's very cool that he had that sort of um, relationship with this, with this president who's huge in American history. Um, after that, he served Truman a little bit, um, but not for very long because he actually enlisted in World War II. Um, so keep in mind, he did not have a college education. In fact, he probably did not even have a high school diploma. Um, so World War II breaks out in America in 1941. And my great grandfather says to FDR, I'm going to go fight. Like, I'm going to go fight. He's sort of an older man at this point. I think he was in his 40s. Um, but, you know, young enough to to want to go serve his country. And FDR says, well, I'll make you an officer. Um, and my great-grandfather says, no, I don't, I don't have a degree. I can't be an officer. And so he enlisted as, like, an older man into the Army because he wanted to serve his country. And that's also really crazy to think about because... In World War II, I believe it was around like 90% of the soldiers were drafted. So they did not have a choice. Like there were very few volunteers in World War II. So the fact that your great-grandfather was part of the roughly 10% that actually volunteered, especially considering the fact that he was kind of older, like not many men in their 40s would especially go out and volunteer. So that's... That's very remarkable to think about. Yeah. And at this point, you know, he was already married as well. Um, my grandfather, who's the oldest of his children, hadn't been born yet, but he was married, you know, had a life, um, but he wanted to serve his country. And so he did that, you know, so it's, it's really remarkable and really cool that he did that. You are listening to Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and today I am joined by Maddie Welsh, who is talking about her great-grandfather, James Patrick Welsh. He served as a Secret Servant agent for three different presidents of the United States. So we've heard a lot about 
your great grandfather's accomplishments, um, a lot of historic things that he did, and a lot of the things that contributed to American history. But what about the personal aspects of your great grandfather? I'm sure your family has a lot of stories um, that they share about him in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I never met him. Um, he died in 1979, so a good amount of time before I was born. Um, but you know, I've heard a lot from my dad, who was young when he was still alive. Um, and a lot from my grandfather, who is his oldest son. Um, What they have to say about him is that he was a very sort of stoic and quiet man. Um, But he was one of those people that anytime he spoke, it didn't matter if it was like a word, a sentence, anytime he spoke, everyone quieted down and listened. Because they knew that what he was going to say, it was going to be important and it was going to be impactful. So he didn't speak much, um, which is sort of, you know, common for that sort of demographic demographic of people, you know, people who grew up in really rough conditions and worked really hard to get to where they were. Um, But yeah, he was, he was very wise, had good things to say. um, And he was good to his family. There are some, interesting things having to do with his family that have only sort of recently been uncovered by other members of my family who have, you know, sort of looked into the family tree and such. Um, and the, the main thing there is that my grandfather is actually, my grandfather and his siblings are the children of his second wife. And a lot of people didn't know about the first wife. Um, so let's see. It was 19, I'm not sure the exact year that they got married, but I think it was when my great-grandfather was a younger man, like early 20s. Um, He got married to this woman named Nellie Markley. Um, And they were married. They were legally married, married in the church. Um, But after a little while, they separated. Uh, I think it was in about 1940 they separated. Um, and no one really knows why this is not something that is very known in the family lore about this. Um, I think they had grown up sort of near each other and had come from like similar communities. Um, but they did not stay together, but I don't think that they ever got divorced legally. And so when he married or some in my family say it's not clear whether he actually married his second wife legally or in the church even. Um, So, but they, they got together. Ethel Janet Snyder was her name before she was married. Then she was Ethel Welsh. Um, They might not have ever been legally married. So that was sort of a, a little bit of a, uh, a scandal in my family because my grandfather and his siblings were like, well, what does that make us? You know? Um, so that sort of speaks to his private nature and his sort of quiet nature. No one really understands why that was the case, but there's some weird stuff going on there because um, apparently for the rest of his life, he was um, paying checks to this woman that he had been married to first. Um, and she was like demanding that he send her money. Um, They didn't have any children together, anything like that. But there was, there was something a little weird going on there. 
But his second marriage, whether or not it actually was legally a marriage or anything, was very fruitful and healthy. Um, so, you know, I don't know what the implications of that all are, but it's interesting. And it, it it's sort of, you know, that's an area in which the mystery of this kind of quiet man is not very clear to us today. So are you guys able to look at any kind of record to see if they were married? Have you guys tried and you just aren't able to find it? Yeah, I don't think that they were legally married. Um, by the time, like, my grandfather was born, they had been together long enough that they were sort of common law married. But it does not appear that they were ever legally married because he never officially was divorced mm. from his first wife. So... Interesting. Wow. Interesting little situation there. You are listening to Great Men Back Then on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott, and today I am joined by Maddie Welsh, who is talking about her great grandfather, James Patrick Welsh. He served as a Secret Servant agent for three different presidents of the United States. Well, thank you, Maddie, for joining us. I've really enjoyed talking about your great-grandfather and your family heritage. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about it. I think this man is probably the most remarkable in my in my family history, at least that I'm aware of. Um, and I think his story deserves to be told. I, I'm looking into doing more research about him and finding out more, sort of sifting out what's myth and what's true about this man. Um, because he was... A small but important figure in not only my family history, but I think American history. You know, he very much was a part of um, larger themes that we talk about in the early 20th century and what that world looked like. Um, He sort of is in a way a sort of model of an American citizen. You know, he grew up very poor, was not educated. Um but he rose above that, you know, he worked hard, he pursued things that he wanted to do and he rose above it and made a vastly different future for the people that came after him. Um, I mean, my grandfather, as I said, has a PhD. My dad has a master's degree and he owns his own business. You know, I'm getting an education that's excellent and I have prospects ahead of me and I'm going to be able to pursue things that I care about. And I've never had to worry about being sent into a coal mine at age 12, you know, and that sounds sort of silly, but you know, it's the reality of life for people today. Still not as many people, but um, there's still people who have to really struggle and have to really, um, you know, go through difficult things before if they want to achieve the things that I am, you know, privileged to be able to pursue. Um, So the fact that he did that for our family, he started that and started the sort of upward trend for our family, I think is remarkable. And it's, it's a huge moment in American history. All right. Well, thank you so much, Maddie. Always love our on air time together. Me too, Lauren. Thank you. You have been listening to Great Men Back Then. I'm Lauren Scott on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. 
Come back next week as we talk about another great person in American history.